You're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello and welcome to... What's all these people doing in here? Well, they're waiting on the rain to stop so they can play golf. What do you think? Don't you sass me. Look, just let me do the radio show. I'm so tired of you thinking you're the smart one. I ought to go upside your head. You do, and I'll tell Mama. Well, I, I don't... Mama! Stop it. She'll hear you. Well, that's kind of the point in yelling for Mama. Ow! Dead burn it! Dale? I should have hit you with a shovel. Would be the first time you even picked up a shovel in 20 years. Just do the radio show. All right. Hmm. Hello and welcome to Rock Bottom Radio, where you will hear information no one else in golf has even heard of yet, especially things they don't want you to know. Today's show will consist of skeletal golf predictions for 2022, probably the scariest we've ever revealed. And y'all get a special story time. The kind I would never tell if I wasn't getting so close to the end. Story time today is the worst thing I ever did on a golf course. Before we get started, remember, we're brought to you by Dryject, the most brilliant method for greens management ever invented. And now let's look in on Rock Bottom Country Club, where Willie has just opened up the Pro Shop Maintenance Cart Barn. Who is they and what don't they want us to know? Well, you know how we predicted a severe dislocation in our supply chains two years ago and we got phone calls telling us to shut up? Now we face the most terrible shortage ever, and they're trying to keep it quiet. What shortage? And who is they? Golf balls and golf club shafts are in short supply, especially Titleist balls. And you know who they is. No, I don't. Look, we could get along without vital turf medicines. We'd just have to plan for scruffier grooming standards. Grass is a lot tougher if we don't mow it so low, and it doesn't need so many drugs. Fewer repair parts for our equipment means keeping fewer machines out there, and that means we won't need as many workers, which we can't seem to get anyway. Well, then what about seed shortages? Oh, the horror of not being able to overseed wall-to-wall. I heard them third world countries can't get urea. Yeah, that'd be bad. That'd translate into food shortages. And that's a bigger problem than no overseed. So what's the most terrible shortage ever in golf? Golf balls. Ain't no golf without golf balls, and there's nobody left to make featheries and gutta perches. See, if golf club shafts are getting scarce, it won't be long before we're whittling our own hickory shafts. See, golf can go on without bright green striped turf, but we gotta have balls. Somebody stole all the balls off the driving range last night. I bet it was the government. They ain't got no balls. No, we picked all the balls last night, Boof. You know, for reasons of security. Hey, Boof, it's 2022. Did you make a New Year's resolution? Yeah, I resolved to date a higher class of woman this year. That's gonna be tough. You gonna upgrade from them awful waffle waitresses? Right pack of Jezebels over to the dance hall. You're just trying to distract me. Now explain why you picked all the range balls last night. Boof. When golfers discover they have no balls, they'll start stealing range balls and lake balls and, you know, other people's balls. That means we have to keep ball hawks off our course. Just so you know, I've assigned Cletus to patrol the woods around the course and catch any ball-stealing ball hawks. Also... If we go back to homemade wooden shafts, the soft old ballata balls will be in heavy demand because the modern hardball will probably snap a hickory shaft right in two. Listen up, rock bottom radio audience. Start right now hoarding golf balls. Don't let golfers, friends, neighbors, looters, and bureaucrats steal your balls. Rock bottom country club. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. 
Hey, Willie, your first caller of the day wants to know why bacon has gotten so hard to get in California. Well, best I can figure is them communist bureaucrats think us peasants ought to give up meat and they're starting with pigs. That's because they don't want us eating their family. Rock bottom. All right, I'll ask Willie. Hey, Rudy, the superintendent over at that course near the radioactive waste dump in Nevada wants to know if some secret films you made for the military ever said anything about nuclear waste. I don't know. I never had a high enough security classification to watch the films I made. But I can tell you this. The truth is usually in the middle. Not on the extremes. Right wing and left wing belong to the same bird. Rudy, there's three kinds of PSYOP out there. Misinformation, disinformation, and the worst one is censoring. Misinfo is usually some idiot repeating what he's heard, while disinfo is intentional misdirection. It was invented by the Ruskies. Read the book The Spike by Arnaud de Borgraff. A typical technique for disinfo is the constant yelling of conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. But the most evil is censoring. If something is being censored, you can usually count on it being true. How do you know all that? Because I work for four psyops. So if the folks at the waste dump are feeding you a pile of road apples, then just figure out which category it is, and then I'd move far away. Rock bottom? Okay. Feller from Washington on the line says for you to shut up. I reckon he's a censor in you. Rock bottom? Uh-huh. Okay, I'll ask. Willie Superintendent up in Wisconsin or Michigan... I'm guessing from her accent. Wants to know if you're ever going to talk about something that actually affects golf. Why, yes I am. Unintended consequences in golf. For instance, motorized bunker rakes provided several unintended consequences. Now, they seem like a good idea at first, but they led to more and bigger bunkers. Soon, bunkers were a more costly budget item than greens. Then there's huge irrigation systems, quadros, misters, targeted spot irrigation. They all had the unintended consequence of increasing water usage, even though they were pushed as a means for more efficient irrigation. See, the tendency to water everything evolved out of the ease of action. And members saying things like, We paid for that expensive system, now use it. When turning up water became as easy as tapping a few keys on a phone, well, then it just happens. As opposed to quick couplers, which involve real effort, and you have to really be motivated to turn up water with QCs. When giant vacs appeared, as well as tree removal programs, They led to the need for bigger dump areas and methods to reuse or repurpose leaves and tree debris. Real estate golf led to larger areas to maintain, longer green to next tee corridors. Golf business consultants led to members infected with the urge to renovate, to keep up with the neighboring clubs, regardless of the limited pool of members available in the area. The consultant doesn't care. He doesn't live nearby. Faster greens led to flatter greens that were less interesting to play. Four putts increased. Fewer cut placements and... Then greens with lots of movement had to be maintained to keep the ball in play so it wouldn't roll down the fairway. By 2011, it was possible to watch a ball roll off a green while being prepped for a PGA tournament from any spot on the green. And it hadn't been mowed that morning. I saw it happen. You know, in 1977, number 12 green at Augusta rolled a 6.7. Nowadays, that'd be considered trailer park golf. See, that's an unintended consequence. But the UC we're watching closely now is the Metaverse. Who knows what terrible effect the metaverse will have on golf's future. It's designed to be addictive, like TikTok, and a substitute for real life. And if it's successful, perhaps golfers of the future will just stay in their cocoons instead of venturing outside. Cletus, have you been out patrolling for ball hawks all this time? No, I was trapped in the metaverse. 
Don't you mean the metaverse? No, the place was full of angry mothers. Didn't I tell you to delete all that social media? Grown men tweeting and tick-tocking. I did delete the tweeting and the IG and the ticky-tock, but when I tried to delete hate book, I got a visit from these guys in long leather coats and cool sunglasses and black suits, and they said I had to bait test their metaverse, and before I knew what was happening, they had me hooked up to a pod and some goggles, and they drained the life force out of me. Well, get your metaversal butt in the kitchen and wash all those pots and pans that's built up for the last month. All righty, but I gotta warn you. They done took golf into the metaverse, and when folks get in there and start playing, they ain't coming back. Specifically, because out here in Normie land, we got no balls. The metaverse golf done took our balls. Rock Bottom Country Club, how may I help you? Oh, hey, Fernando. What? No, he's not here, but I'll give him a message. Okay. What did Fernando want? He says to tell Ludell that he knows who killed his prize rooster, and he's going to shoot Ludell dead. Prize rooster my foot. That's a fighting bird. And Fernando had it all jacked up on meth. Stupid rooster crowed all night. Don't even know what time it is. Hey, Ludell, Fernando just called. Said he's on his way over to kill you dead for murdering his rooster. I didn't kill his rooster. Well, then who did? Mama. Mama, that's not the lunch special today, is it? I hate eating drug-addicted roosters. I didn't kill it. Reverend Hobat sicked his red tail hawk on that whacked-out rooster. And he took it up to about 500 feet and dropped it on the Kmart parking lot. Mike can fight, but it can't fly. Ain't no reason to keep meth roosters in polite society. Ludell, where'd you get that sack of balls? I caught old man Erickson ball hawking in the woods next to number four fairway, and I took his balls. Let me see those. Uh-huh. Where's the Titleist? You telling me you caught a ball hawk stealing balls in our woods, and there wasn't a single Titleist in the sack? It was only five. I figured to make a good finder's fee. Put him in the $10 jar right now. That gummit, Mama. How'd you catch old Herkison? I was out removing the last of the ball washers, and I stepped inside the woods because of the call of nature. And while I was distributing the precipitation on the bush, the bush leaped up and run off cussing. Herkison got some good camo. I thought he's a privet hedge. Anyway, drop his sack of balls. What's old Herkison doing over here anyways? I thought he quit and joined Burnt Run because they got what we like, you know, high classiness and all. He got kicked out over yonder when he messed up Nadine Gillum's wedding. Nadine had another wedding? What's that, seven now? How'd he mess up a wedding? The way I heard it, when the orchestra was playing Sentimental Journey, old Herky was dancing with Nadine's mama, and he twirled her right into the fireplace and knocked it over, and it rolled across the parking lot, caught stage on fire. Then that orchestra leader, you know, Sammy Nocton from over there at Bug Tussle, he fell on his banjo and got injured. When the ambulance came, Herky and Nadine's mama had vanished, and the EMTs found them wrestling around on a sack of fertilizer bags in the kitchen. Stop, stop, stop. Ludell, I only see two Titleists. Oh, yeah. Here, I was going to play today. Not with these $10 Titleists, you ain't. Here, play these Max Flies. Oh, mama and balls so lopsided when you put with them feels like you drunk. Hey, look, there's some old baladas here. What good are they? Well, since we have to make our own shafts now, we need softer balls. Modern hard balls, you know, they're, they're bad for hickory shafts. That reminds me. Cletus, get busy whittling up some new hickory shafts. All right, but I can't wind them woods. That's okay. Willie can wind the woods and Booth can glue the irons. I can whittle, Mama. No, we need you to get back out there and ball hawk. We need more balls. I've known that for years. I'll be back later. I'm gonna go hit some on the range. Mama, how come you can hit balls on the driving range grass? 
The rest of us have to hit off them mats. Because if I hit off a mat sitting on concrete, Arthur comes to visit. Arthur who? Arthritis. Shoot, Arthur done made himself home with me. I don't matter if I hit off grass, concrete, or a feather bed. Rock bottom. Y'all tell him. How was that superintendent in San Francisco? He says to tell Willie to hurry up and get to story time because we don't need no more bad news. I reckon so, him living out yonder and all. It's story time. Today's story is about electric cars and the most terrible thing I ever did on the golf course. Folks, I'm just not sure about this push to drive electric cars. Maybe the grid will handle everybody charging up the cars all the time. I don't know. The experts say it'll be fine, but... You know, every time it gets the least bit warm in California, they start rationing electricity by browning out and rolling blackouts. If they can't handle a few AC units turning on, how'd they go handle 30 million cars plugging up every night? Like a lot of superintendents, I grew up with electric cars, and I have traumatic memories of the darn things, like parking my cart and walking up to the green while hearing sizzling noises just before the cart catches fire. You know, one time it was dead grass sitting on the batteries, and another time it was bad connections and leaky battery acid catching fire, and... One time it was the charger in the cart barn caught fire. But my favorite story comes from when I was just 17. Or on the edge of 17, like Stevie says. We were at this terrible little country club just outside Atlanta. And Dad had about 10 carts that wouldn't work. So he told me and Jimmy Rittenhouse to pull all the good parts off and then tow the empty shells down to the dump to await being scrapped. We towed them down with the old pickup truck and each time we went faster and faster. And on one occasion, the front wheel on the cart locked up. Now keep in mind, you know, in those days, most carts were three-wheelers. Now they're known as the carts of death, but, you know. Anyway, it tossed me out, and then the cart rolled more times than a NASCAR crash. Since nobody said anything about a completely destroyed cart, we figured nobody cared what happened, as long as the cart ended up in the dump. As a night water man, or in this case a night water boy, I had time between water cycles to do something productive, and in this case, I was going to make Dad proud of me by resurrecting one of the dead carts. I scavenged and scrounged and rigged and improvised and cannibalized until I had one of the old carts running. But before I gave it back to Dad, I had to test it for safety. So I went out on the course at night and drove it all around. I'd been to a class over in Augusta where I learned about cart maintenance, but I hadn't really paid much attention. So when that strobing and sizzling started underneath the seat, casting a strange and eerie bluish light under the cart, well, I ignored it. Flushed with success, I got another cart working, and Jimmy and I went out to test both carts the next night. We figured the best way to test them was to see if they would stand up under the stress of being operated by golfers. So we tested them with a good old-fashioned game of golf cart tag. This proved to be so much fun that we couldn't stand it. Think bumper cars spread over 150 acres at night. To enhance the game, we flung pine cones at one another in the manner of the Red Baron hunting down his prey. We especially enjoyed the surprise ambush launched out of the dark, pine cones hailing down upon the victim. It was great. One night, Jimmy was hot on my tail and I attempted to elude him by a brilliant maneuver that Tom Cruise would later use in his Top Gun movie, the tactic of slamming on brakes. Unfortunately for me, I was on pine straw and I went into a death slide, which allowed Jimmy to pull close enough to hit me with a pine cone. Desperate to avoid the pine cone, I fired a green pine cone at Jimmy. For those of you without knowledge of pine cone ordnance, green pine cones are kind of like the nuclear option. They're heavy with razor-sharp cactus-style needles poking out, and they left a sort of infected rash upon the wound. So as I continued to slide across the pine straw downhill toward a deep ditch, the green pine cone of death hit Jimmy in the face. There was a horrible shriek, and that caused me to laugh so hard I couldn't see, and next thing I know, I hit a pine tree head on. I was flung out of the cart like a sack of taters, a 
a limp projectile screaming in the night, and within a nanosecond, Jimmy's car had hit my car from behind, and somehow it caught fire. Caught fire real good. Fortunately, beer was close by, and it helped to put out the fire. Well, not the beer. Jimmy drank it first and then filled up the bottle with uh, lake water. We managed to keep the disaster a secret and transferred the working parts to other carts and kept up our cart game. I mean, research, cart research. We kept it up all summer until Dad came down to the dump with a cart salvage guy and saw all the carts looking like they'd been in close quarters battle with a tiger tank. So I ran off and started my career in rock and roll, avoiding golf courses for at least a year just in case Dad had bounty hunters out looking for me. Fifteen years later, whilst I was off working a TV shoot for, I think it was CBS Sports, it happened again. Only this time it wasn't me. Dad was trying to find a missing cart to turn in, and he suspected future golf course superintendent, Matt the Giant, of doing the same thing I had done to helpless golf carts. I thought carts were evil back then, and I still do. Dad interrogated Matt as to the whereabouts of the missing cart, and under extreme duress, Matt cracked. Wasn't really his fault, because when Matt was in the Army up at 10th SF Group as a radio man, he had not had time to go through the POW school yet, so when he cracked, Matt immediately led Dad to the missing cart body, where he had buried it in a shallow grave with a backhoe. So you see, electric cars are a bad idea, and we'd better stick with the infernal combustion engine, because I never once saw a fleet of gas carts destroyed or buried or on fire. But now there was this bunker rig one of the first ones ever sold, that caught fire while I was riding down 7 Fairway and all the golfers were waving at me, giving me the impression I was suddenly popular. But as it turns out, it was just a warning from the Almighty that we should just hand-rake bunkers and keep bunkers small. And that's all I have to say about that. You never did tell us who they is. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. 